0: happy friday everybody welcome back to another episode of coast to coast it's been a hot minute sorry to keep everybody waiting and my friend running it's good to see you as always how you doing man
1: i'm good i'm tired but uh but i'm good i had to ha- had to make sure i stayed up for the old uh warriors uh close out although i was hoping it wasn't going to be a close out but it had to be the warriors closeout last night but uh it, it it was, good. It was it's good. It's Good that I have to be on this this body clock at the moment. I don't don't thank myself later, but I gotta stay up for playoff basketball. Yeah, you got you gotta adjust. I feel like you gotta get your
0: like sleep schedule just for the playoffs and like you'll just be a complete like night out during the playoff season and then just deal with it. And I was I was surprised to see you texting me during the game and I don't know, maybe you looked as tired as Luca did. Because I mean, man, I, I don't know if you want to start there, but tough. Tough, tough loss um, for both of us. As yet again, we were reminded that we're almost always wrong about everything, which is fine. That's that's the way this goes. But uh, I, I know that when we did the predictions about Mavs and seven, it was optimistic and it was based on everything going right. And you know, I think I gave that disclaimer that that was that was my meathead. That was my meathead prediction. That was my my hardo prediction. That was my Luca fandom coming out, and I was embracing it. But. I mean, let's let's just talk about the Warriors. That's a, like you always like to say, "Only one place to start," and it's got to be with them. I mean, we've got to embrace the return of the dynasty. But let me start out with this, and this is what shook me, Ronan. When I when I read this, the Warriors have clinched a final spot six out of the last eight years, and that that feels so. Weird to say because those two years have felt so long. I mean, you got COVID, you have so much player movement. Just the way the landscape of the NBA has changed is unbelievable. But to, to really think about that six times in the last eight years—that really sinks in. That I mean, let's think about. It. I mean, this is this is still a dynasty that exists when you look at it. When you zoom out and you talk about this fifteen years from now, you know it, we're we're going to quickly forget. You know, the, the COVID year, the bubble championship. Um, and we're gonna remember again that this is one of the greatest teams of all time.
1: It's like we keep, like I keep seeing on social media, it is eerily similar to the Bulls of the nineties. And they had those three years. MJ goes out, and then they're back again for three more years. It's kind of similar. They had a, a lot of injuries. Clay was down for those two years. Curry had a year out. And now they could be back in a position where they're ready to go on and be very much a competitor, uh, at least for the next probably two or three years, at least, if not longer, with some of the young crop that they have uh, coming in to to replace some of the guys who may be on the way out and maybe another uh, two or three years.
0: Yeah, I I mean, now that you mention it, I I do want to, since we're talking big picture, I do want to talk about that. We'll definitely get to talking about what's happened over the course of the series and the playoffs as well for the Warriors, but that, that's a, that's a kicker here. dude. It's like, they've been patient. They've kept their draft picks, which was hugely controversial. Cause if we remember as clay is hurt walking off the court, Kevin Durant is hurt. Green looks like a shadow of himself. And actually the, the warrior stadium Oracle arena is, is going away it all just felt like a goodbye party and the way that they've been patient and rebuilding, retooling, not rebuilding, retooling, and keeping their draft picks. These young guys, I think, you know, they, they don't even have to be stars in a way. I mean, look, look at what they've done with pool, how patient they've been with Jordan pool. These guys are going to extend their window by so much just with the energy that they'll bring alongside Curry and Thompson. You saw it in, Brief moments. Um, I actually thought it was it was pretty cheeky of uh, Steve Kerr to throw in both Moody and Kaminga at the same time, and I, I think that's what gave that's what ultimately gave Dallas their one win of this series. I think it's a sweep. It, it's it's a sweep if if those two guys don't go in, but these minutes are going to be so so important for those guys. And Moody finally got into a bit of a groove in this game uh, game five, but. I think Kuminga, too. I mean, the potential he's shown throughout the playoffs, his physicality, his versatility, his defense, his shooting potential, his rim run. Like, he just does so many things on the court. And I think a lot of this comes down to, you know, how healthy is Grant Draymond? It's clear that without him, that's a key, key factor in why everything works the way they do. But they're set up to be successful for, I, I agree with you. I mean, two, two to four years i mean i see i see steph still doing what he's doing at this age clay thompson i mean it looks fantastic right now i i I don't see that taking any major changes unless obviously another injury comes back but man it's when you zoom out and you look forward this team looks like they've never left yeah no it's
1: it's exactly like that and that's uh I don't know if I want to respect it or just be, be scared that it's still, that it's <laughs> or still mad. Around. Are you mad at it all
0: over again? Has <laughs> a Warriors, has a Warriors hate gone away in a way like the, because there was definitely just this palpable, it wasn't the same as the hate for LeBron and the heat. It wasn't that same sort of villain identity, but there definitely came like a lack of respect. Like, Oh, you, you guys are just, I mean, it's, it's not fair what you guys have done.
1: Oh, yeah, of has, course. Has it mean, gone when, away? when you have the greatest re- regular season record of all time and then add Kevin Durant <laughs> to that, I mean, uh, <laughs> unless you're a Warriors fan, you are going to be hating on that big time. But I de- definitely think it's it's nowhere near at that level now. And people are, are coming back and are starting to appreciate it more. They're even starting to, you could even argue, they're starting to appreciate care as a coach more and just respect the way that they've stayed patient and waited to get this team back. Everyone thought this, this this unit was done, this core group of players was finished, but they remained patient, and they brought it back. They got it going again this year, and they're in the NBA Finals again. So I think people are just starting to just take their hats off, just say major, major respect to the way the Warriors played this. Everyone questioned it up until this season. But they were absolutely right. It's just – it's really, really impressive.
0: Let's, let's think about this. Is this roster and, – and to comment on the Kevin Durant thing, I, I think the, the hate has to go to appreciation at this point because, you know, it's, it's not – they didn't get here because they just signed another big guy. They didn't trade all those picks. Because imagine if they traded all those picks and they got, you know, they got their Bradley Beal. They got their James Harden. They got their Giannis, whoever then they'd be back at, you know, their star poaching and they're kind of this Lakers-esque team. But I think this is what they've always been ever since they got Curry, they got Thompson, they got Green, they got all those guys in the door and they developed them and they built a system around them. And this, is, this has the same organic feel with the way that they're building these guys like Jordan Poole. And it, it feels like that's the respect that they should get. They should get that respect as an organization for building something organically. Um, but but I, I think back to that, that team, that 2015-16 team, and I wonder, is this team better? So you look at that roster? You have I mean, the key players there, obviously Steph, Clay, and Green. You have Iguodala, obviously still, you know, more physically capable at that time. Um, but you got Harrison Barnes. That's a big comparison for me. Andrew Wiggins compared to Harrison Barnes. I mean, Andrew Wiggins, I think, is doing more defensively than Harrison Barnes is doing. Maybe not as a lights-out, uh, catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, but doing much more off the bounce, off the dribble. And compare Sean Livingston you know, or Barbosa to Poole, there's no comparison at all. They don't have a guy like Gary Payton Jr., who's just a absolute lockdown, point-of-attack defender. Kevon Looney was actually on that team. He was drafted in 2015 and he just didn't play for two years. And we'll get into that in a minute, but man, I mean, that guy is amazing right now. And so, like, he's got to give a shout out to Zach Lowe. Cause I feel like Zach Lowe is the only national guy who really loved Kevon Looney. He was, it, it felt like such a weird love for this random guy on a really great team. It's like, okay, like he's the 12th guy on the roster who cares, but he's been such an integral part to why they've been very successful and I mean Kavon Looney now compared to Bogut then or Festus Azili Maurice Spates had his moments but I mean this this team right now actually feels like it's an even more powerful version that hasn't even fully realized itself because I don't think they had a really consistent run all season and they don't have they don't have all their young guys developed yet like this team is better now than they were then, and could be even better next year. How's that for a scary thought?
1: Yeah, I mean, oh man, don't get me don't get me thinking about that we're already. Look at us already thinking thinking about next year. But now, it that is that is what it is. Every like you look at what they've done now. I I still I'm still gonna be playing until I actually see it happen. But I'm still feeling Boston to win it all because I've I've been saying from the start the team that beat the Bucks would win the. Win the NBA championship, so mm-hmm. I'm still leaning on on Boston, but that could change once we actually see the two. If it is Boston, go go head to head.
0: I could change my opinion once Boston loses two. Teams. <laughs> you can't exactly. do that, man. You can't do that. But uh,
1: um, no, it it definitely it definitely is scary the the growth that they can have, and you look at teams like Memphis and like mm-hmm. Dallas, and even Phoenix teams that have been on the rise and we predict we'll we'll look better next year the warriors are a team that we thought were on the decline they've come back for a year and ain't just going to be one year they're going to come back and improve on what they did uh this season whether that be just uh, a loss in the finals or even win the championship they will still come back better next year in the regular season
0: yeah that's kind of paradigm shifting because it's like You didn't, we don't see them right now as okay. This is one last dance. This is like final party. Get just get them that one last ship. And that's what it felt like when everyone's clamoring to trade the young guys and trade everything away. Maybe didn't even mention James Wiseman. I mean, just big boomer bust potential there. Um, but yeah, absolutely right. I mean, I, I think we need to look at this through the lens of this is a team that is going to continue growing and growing into the future past these guys. Um, but let's, let's talk about what happened in the series. Um, I want to talk about their defense first. I, I think this is, this is one thing in particular was really informative, I think, in terms of when, when we think about whoever they're going to play. I, we want to assume we're, we're already uh, declaring the Miami Heat time of death, and they haven't even played yet tonight. We're recording right before the game. But I think all signs point towards that, unless something crazy happens. But the defense of the Warriors here, I mean, they, they demonstrated again. They're a top three defense in this league. And the way that they did it, too, in particular, was, was fascinating. I, I don't know if, if you've noticed this throughout the, uh, the Mav series, but I really felt that Poole and Curry were going to be a massive weak link in their defense. And they have been at times throughout the, the regular season. Um, but, of course, in regular season, that that doesn't – that kind of – it goes away into the ether. Like, you don't really focus in on stuff like that until in the playoffs. That really gets exposed. But the way that they set him up, set both of those guys up for success by aggressively attacking pick-and-rolls that were trying to get switches and the way that they were able to recover on that, they they completely masked that weakness. I mean, Poole and, and Curry, they weren't really exposed throughout the course of the series against a team that has Luka Doncic. I think, censored Poole,
1: in I think Poole got exposed... Uh, a, a decent bit more than Curry. There was always mention of them looking to get Curry, but there was very few times where they actually got him, whereas Poole, I think he got caught out a lot more and he was in foul trouble a lot more in different situations. But Curry, for sure, because obviously he's in with the with the elite lineup for the most part, so they they were definitely able to cover him, cover him that a little bit more, but Poole did get in a bit more trouble, but it's still... Obviously, it's so impressive when you can fit in guys where you look at them, and you think he should be the weak link. But the way the defense is set up, it's so difficult to actually expose it.
0: Absolutely. I mean, if you, I think the biggest thing too, and if we look at what I think some of the best Celtics offense has been, again, declaring Miami Heat dead, sorry, but Tatum, getting him in the pick and roll and having him start to facilitate and get things going offensively. I, I think that's been some of the best offense um, that the Celtics have had, especially against the bucks. Um, and the bucks love to play aggressively on those pick and rolls. And once Tatum and same thing with the heat, I mean, w- once he starts to, to dissect those looks, they really start to get their offense going. And Doncic, I mean, of all, of all the teams in the league, Doncic above all is a guy who sh- should be able to dissect that in an easy, high pick and roll, but Curry, the way he's, Icing that screen and staying on Donchus and recovering, but the defense behind him was so together. I mean, their communication is just so great and sending help early, sending looks early, so that the middle is covered. And Draymond Green out there is just always quarterbacking. And I, I was shocked at the fact that you know Poole was exposed from time to time, but over the course of a series, it didn't become a problem. It wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't something that was going to sink the ship. And they had, they, those two guys should have been holes that, you know, you can expose and start to, you know, unravel their plan a little bit. And over the course of the season, it didn't happen. Um, And for a Mavs team that's been humming so well with their five-out scheme, with Doncic really getting things going and all their shooters, you know, they're hot and cold at times, but I thought that they had the firepower to do it. But it was, it was impressive to cover those two guys up for the course of a seven game series.
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think that's the work that you see that goes in, and it's just another sign of what you know. You never like to be, you never like to think about it too much, but it, it always is defense. Defense is always what comes up clutch in the biggest moments in in basketball, and probably in, in any sport. And one guy I think that deserves credit on that end was uh, was Andrew Wiggins as well. Mm-hmm. A guy, I'm sure he was. Uh, he was exhausted. The effort he was having to put in. To guard Luka Doncic and while obviously Luka was still unbelievable because he is just an unbelievable offensive talent he still got his got his points but the defense that Wiggins played on him was really really impressive and, and probably you've got to say probably as good as you can do or you did as good a job as you can do when you're guarding Luka Doncic for basically the entire time he's on the floor. Yeah and, and that's the thing I think
0: um, we, we've had a discussion with a few people but you can't look at defense against stars in terms of just sheer like production. Like Luka Doncic is arguably the, the most gifted offensive player on planet earth outside of Jokic. training. And he's going to find his buckets. But when you're watching the game, like he can't, Luka wasn't doing the things he wanted to do. And even when he was scoring, he was frustrated. Like he was, he was getting not lucky, but he was having to make tough, tough shots. And Wiggins made it difficult for him all series long. And by by the closeout game, I mean, Doncic just looked exhausted. And that's, that's a full team effort, but Wiggins is there. And not, not just against the Mavs too, just like thinking about the, the versatility and how we can defend, because he was defending athletes against the Grizzlies. And he did that well. I mean, staying in front of quick, fast, strong guys, and then having to go up against a crafty post player like Doncic. Like, he's done it all against these two teams and had very different looks. And, I mean, he was really – he was going to be tested here. If Wiggins was not as good as he was defensively, I don't think the 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 Warriors aren't walking away with an easy gentleman sweep here at all. I mean, he just did not fold. There there wasn't a massive advantage that the the Mavs could exploit there. I mean, that's why you're not seeing crazy Luka triple-doubles is because you know he's forcing him to have difficult looks all night long.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking just just looking looking at at what Luca did. I mean, obviously he was he put up great numbers throughout the entire playoffs in this series. He was averaging thirty two, nine point two uh, boards, six assists, one point six steals. He got to the free throw line fifty seven times during this series. And even that that close game last night, he was twenty eight nine and six, and he had a terrible game last night. Especially, it felt he, bad. That was like and, the
0: worst thir- like thirty point near triple double ever. So like when you look at it on the box score, it, but it doesn't tell the story. Like he didn't have a no. great impact on the and, game.
1: And in that first half, especially, I was really really disappointed in a lot of the plays. Obviously, he looked exhausted, but the effort level, the. F- the attitude, the body language of yeah. him, especially in the first half, was really, really disappointing to see. And yeah. that that can't be how how a leader reacts. He has to change that. He can't be that guy who, if he misses a shot, doesn't get a call. He just stands there with a face on him, looking at the referees. He's got to work hard. He's got to get up and down the court, and he's got to get, get. He's got to get in better shape. And um, Jason Kidd, he made a comment after the game. I saw that. Yeah, about yeah, how hungry they're going to be and they're the trained to be playing in May or June. We all know who that was directed at. <laughs> Luka, yeah. Luka's got a, a, to got a, got a step up big in this offseason. He's got to become a better defender. And the main the our, our key to doing that is getting himself in better shape. That's what's going to help him become a better defender and not be so easy to blow past. I'm like I'm looking at what I'm seeing here, and I'm thinking of remembering the last dance when and Jordan came back for the 94 95 season and he wasn't in the right shape or anything, and he went superhuman for the entire off season to get himself back in elite shape and then marched on with the Bulls in 95, 96. I'm looking at Luca and saying, if you want to be the best, you need to put in that sort of effort this off season. Get yourself in the most elite shape possible. To be able to really take this team on and be ready. You can't you cannot be tired. When you got a team in your back, you are not allowed to get tired, especially not in the most crucial moments of the season.
0: I, I I think that's that's an important point to reflect back on our comparison with Larry Bird. And I think we really need to talk about that's a that's something that has to be earned. Luca has to earn that because Larry Bird is a two-way player. Mm-hmm. Like he, he was, he was not just a a one way player. He was a three time NBA All Defensive Second Team, and
1: underrated defender he was.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't think I don't think that Luca will ever get to that point. But it's just getting back on defense mm-hmm. like that. It, it wasn't, and I, I'm not gonna buy the tiredness because he played basically, how many minutes did he even take off in the second half? It felt like he played every minute of the
1: second half. half.
0: So, you know, he had enough energy to do that. And it was tough, but he did it. And credit for him for doing it. But there was no excuse for him to be just missing shots and then not getting back on defense. And that was the thing just like had me, I I felt in the beginning, like, they're not winning this game. Because they were only, and I texted you this, and I felt really strongly about this, that I... I feel like against the warriors who we just talked about who they are as a team and the pantheon of NBA history, like for Luca to beat the the warriors in this situation, in this point in history would be his pathway to being the best player in the league. This was his, this was a door that wasn't wide open. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a door he had to break down, but he didn't, he didn't really respond to the challenge. I don't want to hear the box square and it's just all about the the effort and we'll see what he does in the offseason. Cause look look what Jokic did. I mean, Jokic took his conditioning seriously, and he's been a MVP two years in a row. Two years in a row. That's just simple. And Jokic has become a good defender. Absolutely a good defender. There's a pathway here for Luca to, to be the best player in the league. And it just comes down to more effort being an average defender and just just stop complaining. Mm-hmm. Just that the complaining is so infectious. And I think that it really sucked the life out of the team at times when you know Lucas complaining still while well, Spencer Dinwiddie's He's hitting a contested three. Like how, how does that how does that motivate the team? It's mm-hmm. tough. It's tough to watch because I mean I, lo- I love the guy, but he's still he said himself. He's still young. He's 23 years old. He's gonna learn, he's gonna mature. And I think that's something you had to see from from Tatum too. I think who's still, still learning, still learning, but at least brings it defensively.
1: Yeah, it's the little things. It often comes down to the little things. He's got all the talent, but is he willing to put in the effort, put in the sacrifice that we see from from all the elite players and a lot of the role players? Even just with the Warriors, you see the, the role guys always just stepping up with some hustle plays, like like Looney with all the offensive boards and different things like that. Just little hustle plays. Those are the, those are the sort of things that help help win in um, in crucial moments. But I mean, I know it kind of looks like this series. That it was really easy for the Warriors, but I think Dallas and I think kid will be real, real angry. Just when you look at game two, they blow that 19 point lead, not being able to close out with a big lead. And then game three, that will be the one that really got to them. Mm-hmm. Bullock goes 0 of 10 from the field, 0 of 7 from three, Kleber's 0 of five, and his hesitancy to shoot was ultimately leading to bad offense and turnovers which caused more points for the Warriors. They only lost by nine points. So you think Bullock and Cleaver, they have okay nights. Cleaver goes one of five. Bullock ends up like three of seven. That's the difference in the game there. Yeah. It's just just crazy the, the small little margins that you need to go in your favor to be able to win. So... Don't don't look at this like it was just the Warriors. The Warriors are a better team than Dallas at this moment in time, no doubt about it. But the margins were small in this one. In in game two and game three, the margins were quite small. And with the right bit of effort and obviously Luca doing what we just said, I would still be confident that Dallas can come back hungry and be in a better position to beat the Warriors come playoff time next year.
0: Yeah. I think there's two ways to look at it. At it, and that's it. Scenario that you know, with the shooting luck, like okay, maybe they just got unlucky and they didn't hit enough shots. But I feel like the Mavs have to expand upon what they've found here because I think they've they've really found a a groove that they're really good at this small ball thing, really good at it. But you you can't just run that constantly, can't run that constantly, and eventually you are going to run into you are going to run into a cold stretch it's just inevitable. Like no, no, you, unless you have guys, unless you have your Kyle Corver is out there, unless you have your elite three point shooters who are going to bring in every single night. Reggie Bullock, great three point shooter, really good three point shooter, but he's not a guy's, I mean, you don't trust him to do that every single game. Like eventually he's going to have that game. And I think the Mavs are, are geared up to expand on that and work in the, in the off season, because they clearly have done something defensively. They've done something to find a new identity offensively outside of just Luka doing everything on his own. And I they I think they have a good perspective on it. I didn't like that they said it after losing game uh game three. When, when they're all saying, like, oh, this isn't the end. And I'm like, why are we talking about the end? Like just, just focus on the playoffs here. Like, I, I don't like that they're just already thinking about the well, what's to happen next? But it's true. I mean, that this is not the end for them, and they, they can grow from it. And this offseason is going to be really important for them, especially with uh, two major free agents, I think mean, DFS and Brunson are up. And it, in reality, it might just be the same guys that they are just going to be working with mid-level exceptions and things like that. So, I mean, these are all things will definitely break down in the the offseason. But um, you mentioned a guy that you need to expand upon a little bit more for the Warriors. Kevon Looney, I mean, he's added – a really fascinating wrinkle to the Warriors defense because they can, they're going to switch on everything at times outside of Curry and outside of of pool. And a lot of times, I mean, they just want to go at Looney. I mean, he's done it all playoffs and it's actually interesting that, that someone's um, the athletic posted some uh, some work that he's done against Harden in 2018 And maybe has just been something he's been doing forever, but it's definitely highlighted now. I mean, this guy has added such a weapon for them when they want to switch everything and you can't just go at him. They tried so hard. I mean, Brunson had nothing on him. Dinwiddie got him a couple times. And Doncic just, I mean, he, he couldn't get really at him either. And dude, that, that's going to be huge, huge against the Celtics. Um, or maybe the Heat. Who knows? But it's going to be huge against whoever comes out. And man, I I think it's it's going to come down to what what the teams can do defensively in the finals here. Because I think both both these offenses, Celtics and Warriors, are so potent. But I gotta say that Looney could be again a huge, huge X factor on the defensive end.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then close out games, man. He just comes becomes the greatest rebounder in the league. And he had twenty-two last night. He's got he got he has eighteen, and a lot of them were offensive boards as well. Just and giving his team second opportunities to 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 close out the game, and it was just so it's so impressive to see they've always had belief in him, and the way he's had to work back. I think was out of college that he had to have both hips replaced, something outrageous like that, and he's still been able to come back and still been able to be an important member of a dynasty, which is just, it's just unbelievable. And it's great to see that he's providing important minutes to this team and will continue to do so in the finals.
0: Yeah. And I guess we can, we can identify a couple of weaknesses here for, for the Warriors. This isn't all just Warriors are awesome. they can beat everybody, but there are a couple of things that, you know, if you're a Celtics fan or if you're a Heat fan with still some hope left, there were a lot of times throughout the series where, you know, the Mavs are going to, they did get hot and they got hot through penetration and ball movement. And when you break down the defense for the Warriors, if you have good ball movement on the perimeter, which teams like the Celtics have shown that they've really done better to do so, you can get good shots. I mean, the Mavs got a lot of good shots throughout the series. There's going to be a lot of film that Udoka can work with to collapsing the defense and doing that, especially against their zone. Um, but I think a huge factor here to consider is Gary Payne Junior. Mentioned him already. If he comes back healthy, I mean it's just an elbow injury, so maybe just the shootings there, but his point of attack defense cannot be underrated at all. At all. And for having a guy out there that's not gonna be that's gonna be able to contain your best playmaker, that's gonna make it tough to create those advantages. So I, I wonder if that's gonna be. Another thing we see, so we have two X factors for the Warriors here. If Gary Payton Jr. is coming back in game one of whatever team they're facing and Kevon Looney, there's just two more defensive weapons that Kerr can play with. Um, but that that weakness definitely is there. If, if their point of attack defense continues to struggle, um, especially in isolation, because that is when Poole got exposed. Poole got exposed at times when you're getting guys like Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, the Celtics, I mean, you replace Spencer Dinwiddie with Jalen Brown, the secondary creator, replace, replace uh, Doncic with Tatum to his credit, who is going to, who does have a quicker step, who is going to be able to blow by a little bit faster. Is not going to be necessarily as crafty. So there's, there's going to be, it's going to be different for sure. If we have this Celtics warriors matchup that we're thinking of.
1: Yeah, no, it's going to be real. It's going to be very interesting. I think, you you could hear the commentators often said it, uh, whenever the Dallas Mavericks touched the paint, just got in there, just penetrated or just ran through and then kicked or whatever. Whenever they touched the paint, they got much better looks and much better offense. So that's going to be key for Boston, and we're going to see a lot of of Tatum and and Brown if he can can hold his handle uh, attacking the paint and kicking and finding and trying to find the the open threes who's going to be the guy who's going to be the Frank Nilakina of the Celtics is there are the, going to be interesting is that going to be Grant Williams again are they going to try and do that after what he did to the books i don't know that could be that could be interesting Nilakina was the guy that that Golden State were kind of trying to force the ball to so he'd have the open looks It'd be interesting to see who they who they might try and do that with with Boston
0: yeah, that's a fascinating point because let's remember that series went to seven games and it came down to an insane shooting night. Now, I won't say it, it wasn't luck. I mean, that was their plan. Those are plan to to really push the ball to the corners and just rain it from three. And it worked. It's a crazy effect. And, the, and but over the course of the series, like the, the Celtics had a tough time scoring through many stretches with that scheme the Warriors can definitely do that. But I don't think that the Warriors are not going to, to match up with size like the Bucs did. I mean, the Bucs were imposing with size. The Warriors will do it differently with mobility, with health defense, being able to rotate on the edges. And I think the thing is that when you when you pair those two teams, I think that is an, that is pretty instructive that throughout throughout these series, I think that the the defense that the Celtics have faced, it will probably mirror a lot closer to – the Miami Heat, but I feel like better. I mean, the, the Warriors just have better individual um, defenders outside of Butler, Tucker, and Bam. I mean, I just named three <laughs> really, really good guys, but in terms of what they do um, with health defense and those those other guys, I think their system will be a little bit smoother. It, there's been a lot of a lot of work that the Heat have had to do, and Let's, let's talk about the heat real quick for, for tonight. I think we're run, are we running out of time here?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we yeah we can get over to Miami and. We, we the get, the only thing, the only
0: thing we I, I want to <laughs> say though. Talk
1: Warriors, uh, when when we when we're previewing yeah. the finals, you
0: know. Uh, the only thing I want to say is uh, Clay Thompson. The, this this is a fun stat. He is the only player ever to have eight three pointers in two closeout games in the same po- postseason. Random stat but reflective of just like how was just launching. Splash bombs, um, baby. <laughs> and no matter what, I mean, we talked about big picture, and I'll, I'll finish in this with the Warriors. They're 22-4 and four in playoff series since 2013. And only three teams have ever beat a healthy Curry, Green, and Thompson during that time. Spurs, LeBron, and Raptors. That's it. That's it. Um how about the heat? So how about the heat? Um I, I do want to take back a little bit what I what I just said there. I, I think that their defense has has looked great. I, I don't I don't know what I'm doing comparing them to the to the warriors <laughs> necessarily in that fashion. I think individually though, um they, they have been better. But I, I think though we gotta talk about the heat is there is what Joel and essentially said. It's a talent difference. That, that's noticeable. I think I definitely overestimated what Bama would do. Definitely overestimated that. And I think a lot of people, not so much as me, overestimated Kyle Lowry's presence. Mm-hmm. So I think Kyle Lowry's done a lot as a facilitator. He's done a lot to up the tempo. He's done a lot to really get the offense going. But in terms of a scorer, they don't have it. So with, when Hero's not there, it's it's crazy The drop off. Drop off is, is – it's not just like Hero is – spark plug shooter comes off the bench is going to get buckets there you go it's going to help you help you seal a win increase elite i mean he's really integral to creating offense for them just with his ability on that end and it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of a i don't know i i respect here a lot i respect Mm -hmm. his game a lot i think he's a great player but it, it feels like it's a bit too much to ask from a guy from at his stage in his career, at least I won't say talent. Cause you know, I think a lot of people would think that hero will continue to get better, but at least in this stage of his career for that to that much offense to be on his shoulders at this point is tough. I think they just, they just need more.
1: Yeah. Big time. And obviously he was, uh, he struggled uh, in, in the Philadelphia series. He struggled here again, but, that still doesn't mean you can be okay when he's when he's not there, because he's obviously missed the last two games now. And obviously, uh, uh, the Heat have been unlucky here. Their injuries are are hitting them. I mean, look at look at Butler. Games one and two, he's averaging thirty five seven and a half boards, four assists, two and a half steals, one point five blocks. The game since he's averaging nine five and two, with uh, about one steal a game. I mean, he's just not he's not healthy. He has he obviously had to go out in that game three and you can see he is just not the same player. He's not playing with the same sort of aggression. He hasn't got the ability. Maybe it's just the the tiredness wearing down on him because there's so much pressure on him to be the mm-hmm. creator on the offensive yeah. end. Maybe it's that too. But he just doesn't look like the same player that he was in games one and two. And it's, it's it's a shame. And obviously, we know with Larry, the, those hamstring injuries, you don't just come back from them quicker. You can't just come back quickly from a hamstring injury. He's playing there limited. He doesn't have a, any sort of real spring in him. He's not able to go at full pelt. And that's obviously hurting what sort of scoring he can bring to the team. And then, bam. I mean, the only game, the game three... They played their entire offense through Bam at a bio and he was unbelievable. 31 10 and 6. He was awesome on the offensive end. Outside of that game, he's basically been non existent for the rest of the series. I don't know if it's on him that, that, that the issue is or Miami. Why are they trying to play through him more? Like what I was seeing in that game is try play through Bam as much as you can and then have Jimmy Butler there to hopefully be able to close the game out for you in the fourth quarter. But it just hasn't been like that at all for Miami. And I don't know if that's something that the coach needs to look at or if it's on um, Bam. It's it's just a weird one where he had that game three, they won the game just after having that, that great first half. But all the offense went through him. It looked great. He was great. And they just haven't done it for another game after that.
0: I don't know. I, I have a different take on it um and agree on all points with with the with the injuries I mean that that can't be understated um and but I I do 100% agree I was going to mention that too that how much of Butler's uh injury status has been due to the load that's on him to create um on both ends of the floor both ends of the floor but for Bam I, I feel like the expectations for him to to have a star impact in a traditional way in terms of creating offense, I, you know, they're fair expectations because he can do it. He de- Like he has the skill to, to score in a lot of ways in the mid-range, especially getting in the paint. I mean, he's going as a ball handler in the open court. I mean, he's really impressed consistently with the way he's able to um, get to the bucket off the bounce. I mean, that's been impressive. So you thought you would would have attacked a little bit more like that, but I just don't think that's who he is. I mean, that's not in terms of his ability, but like in terms of what he's done for the heat this season, a lot of it has been, you know, as a connecting piece. I mean, in a Horford-esque kind of way, like he would create a lot of offense through his passing, the dribble handoffs, through his screening. I mean, he does a lot more than just, okay, go get a bucket. I mean, he's helping his team get buckets through his movement, through his passing. And all of a sudden, in the playoffs, to ask him to become like a like a post a pure post scorer, go get me thirty, or really look for his shot in the mid right like that's he's very selective with those kind of looks, and it hasn't come in like a large volume. I don't think at any point in his career. So maybe that's something in the off season, But I feel like at this point, like I'm not I'm not as disappointed as I am, you know. I, I just feel like that's what was going to happen if you asked him to do more than he's been asked to do offensively, basically in his whole career in a key moment like this. It's a tough ask.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But I think yeah, we just it's been it's been a hell of a weird series. I uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the the Heat only won Game One just because they had that unbelievable third quarter. 39-14 the to 14, they outscored uh, Boston in that third quarter in the first game to win that one with, they're just going nuts then game 2 Boston has the 70 point first half 25 point lead at the break so they're able to close that one out then the Heat go off in the, in the first uh, first quarter in game 3 and they just about hold on after after Boston closed it back to 1 and then go game 4 18 and one start for uh, for Boston, just uh, outrageous. And then okay, the quarter three uh, in game five. I mean, but Miami going four of 23 as a team like that is just horrendous. Only put up 16 points and ultimately lose it by a comfortable margin. But it's kind of crazy to think that this is the first time Boston are leading a series since the first round. They've been playing on the back foot. The, the whole way with the books and in this series as well it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to be easily able to to play that way now I, I believe i don't think we'll have an impact on them they're going back home i think they're going to close it out tonight but it's just an interesting little side note to think about
0: i mean they, they swept the nets
1: so I'm saying it's the first time they've actually led since the first to be in the Oh, since the first game. round. Yeah. I oh, was just saying, but like,
0: but it feels, that feels like so long ago. Cause they just, that yeah. was such a quick series. Yeah. I had to think about that
1: only team, but, to sweep. only team, only sweep
0: in yeah. the entire playoffs. Um, but Man, I, I, I think this is such a, this is such an awesome way for the Celtics to get to finals. I mean, they swept Durant. They had such a, such a battle with the Bucks. And they're going toe to toe with a physical physical team and heat, and they're matching. I feel like they've done well to be amorphous in a way. They've they've learned to be not that they haven't done it throughout the course of the season, but to do it in the biggest moments, to be versatile, to make adjustments, and they've done that against so, like very different teams. I mean, the Nets, the Bucks, and Heat—very different teams—and. They have, to, they have to really see it. And I, and I think Tatum has mentioned this in interviews and in thinking about, you know, not about the future. I mean, I think he's, he's mentioned about how maturing as a player is understanding that time is so limited and that you only have so many chances. Do you think about it that, you know, if Great Williams doesn't shoot a bunch of threes, they're not here. If Chris Middleton plays, maybe they're not here. Say the Heat are fully healthy. Is Is this... Easy series. Say Ben Simmons was playing and he's he's been there all year. These things are all going to change next season, too. So I think the the focal moment is really happening here. And I think that they're really playing in the moment, they're really playing for each other. And I've just been so impressed with the Celtics and everyone. We could talk tactics all day long, but I think it's just really about how they've just responded to adversity. Talk about the Heat having injuries. I mean, the Celtics have had injuries. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I still have no idea. We, last time we recorded, it was about Horford probably being out for like three games. I I still don't understand refuse to try um, how he was in protocols and then all of a sudden it's negative. But he's, he's been great. Um,
1: he's signing of the Mark- season if they make it to the finals. He, he could be right up there. At you look back, signing of the season, getting him back. Unbelievable.
0: Uh, it still goes to DeRozan, but nice try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 so much more than you can talk all day long about what they've done in the court that's been successful and how they've adjusted, but just their mindset. They've had they've had a couple moments, I feel like a couple moments in the playoffs where they've reverted back a little bit to you know the finger pointing, the blaming, the complaining, not playing together and just not not looking like themselves, but they've really pushed past that. They've they've really found their new identity, they've they've kept it. They've kept it that was my big question the beginning of the playoffs is is this the real Celtics is, is this like a real identity or is it like the end of the regular season when everyone's kind of trotting along and they're just kicking ass when they had a bad start to the season? like this is I think this is who they are and this is like when when a team like this starts to form an identity that's that's something that builds a I don't want to say dynasty but that, that's something for the long term. So I think there's always just this murky water. Of the Celtics of okay, we got talent, but like who are we? This is this Tatum team? This is this Brown team? Blah blah blah. Like all these question marks, and now it's finally like it's this is who they. Are. <laughs> it it is, but but now now there's finally this identity, and to see it in action, see them do it, it's it's awesome to see. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: ESPN actually, they put out an article today comparing it to what we saw with the OKC Thunder and oh. how 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 Boston need to make sure they do not take this moment for granted and they they're they arguably the favorites at the moment you're looking at it but I being up 3-1 <laughs> a lot of, I know a lot of people are being nervous with, with the warriors so they're, they they got to go out and grab this moment everyone thought when OKC made it to the finals in 2012 yeah it was the first step and that was going to be the next dynasty yeah and it did not happen yeah. they lost that in five games yeah. and they they were all fall the whole thing had fallen apart, and what by what six years Harden was gone by the start of the the next season was it or the season after, yeah. and then Durant went uh, injuries different things, but it just never came to to fruition. So that's there that's kind of situation. Boston can't take this for granted. They got to go out and grab this moment. It's it's a big stepping stone for what is still. A young team. When you look at obviously, arguably the two leaders in terms of Brown and Tatum, but there's experience there too with the likes of Horford, the likes of Smart. They've been around. They've been around the block. So you can't call this youth on them if they don't go out and grab this moment.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I'm I'm excited for tonight. I'm excited to see the Celtics. I I believe in the Celtics. I believe they're going to clinch it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I predicted Heat in seven, but uh, injuries, man. But no, Celtics proved me wrong. They've, they've, uh, I I think more so, uh, maybe I gave a lot of asterisks to to my predictions, but at the end of the day, I I will say that the Heat, I'm disappointed. I mean, the the shooting has been crazy. And I guess, you know, there's only so much uh, Max Struess magic. I mean, Struess ran out of magic. There's only so much Gabe Vincent magic. And they'll they'll re-up next year, and hopefully we'll see a Celtics win tonight and, move on to warrior Celtics and we'll talk about that series in depth on Monday. But uh, the last thing I want to say, cause I didn't have the chance to say this is, are, are you a little proud of Frank? Are you proud. I'm proud of who? Proud of Frank Nilakina. just, just to see him get like some serious minutes out there and to, to see him actually be a productive NBA player for some, for some stretches. Got to be a little, a little Why Nick. Not?
1: Why Nick not? Yeah. Always got to be happy for a guy when they, when they work hard and they get, they're in, he's in a position to be in the rotation on a team that are competing in the finals. Yeah, fair,
0: fair play though. Fair enough. Okay, I, thought, I was, I was not sure how that would uh, be received, but I, I thought it was surprised. Like when, when I'm seeing him in the playoffs, I'm like, what is he doing out there? But you know, he works on his shot. Maybe he's got a chance to, to be actually impactful next year. But Franklin Nolakina, folks. That's what I'll end with.
1: Final question: Who gets who gets the the Larry Bird Eastern Conference MVP if uh, if the Celtics do wrap it up tonight? Could go to either of them, but it's probably going to be Tatum, isn't it?
0: I want to. I feel like I want to give it to to Horford. <laughs> yeah, man, me too. Me too. I want to give it to Horford. Like it's it's probably going to go to to Tatum. But I, I wanna I wanna give it to Horford. I think this a lot of this, I mean d- defensively, like a, a lot of this stems from, from Horford, especially leadership wise. But
1: I'll, I'll agree know. with you, Vera. I, I want it to be Horford too, but yeah. let's be real. That only happens when you're Andrea Godala in the finals in 2015.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's only one trophy uh, Horford's looking for, and it'll come in the next series. But everyone, thanks for sticking with us this episode. We'll talk to you soon. Everyone stay safe and good luck Celtics tonight. See you later. Peace.
1: Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Coast to Coast. Don't forget to hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA podcast to hear your takes discussed right here on the show. And remember, take every shot and love every moment.